This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. All right, let's go. Hour number two of the show just starting. Thanks for tuning in, however you're listening, wherever you're listening from. On what? Radio, phone, whatever. Thanks for tuning in. So text away. Call me on the Divinity phone. You can type it in there. Comment, question. If you're watching the live stream right now, YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope. Uh, and we'll get it here on the show. Twitter. Got a bunch of tweets here today. I tweeted the question earlier. If, hypothetical, what if the 14 SEC presidents were to vote on preceding with football or not? How would that vote go? Would it be 14-0? Would it be 7-7? to You get 14 pre- presidents in the SEC, and if they all voted on whether or not to proceed with football, how would they vote? So what if they all did vote, and they, they did come back 7-7? Seven to seven, Yeah. Who would be your choice? Or who do you think the choice would be to cast that deciding vote? Yeah, the who's the tiebreaker? You yeah. know, somebody responded to that because I, I asked that question, who would be the tiebreaker? And, and you know, a couple of pe- people very logically just go, well, that would be um, Greg Sankey. You know, the commissioner of the league would then have to break the tie. <laughs> but is that true? A few people joked and said it'd be Nick Saban. Absolutely, be Nick Saban be the tiebreaker. <clears throat> and then I, th- I thought to myself, well, are we joking? Most people have responded to that on Twitter and said they think it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to 1, 12 to 2, something like that. Somebody said 12 to 2, Vandy for sure, Missouri possibly. Would they? That's the thing. You know, I don't know that what anybody. What about AM? Yeah, what about AM? I don't know that anybody has responded that they thought it would be a unanimous 14 to zero vote if the presidents voted uh, in the SEC. And so I've seen a couple of 11 and three and 12 and twos, and I'm thinking, okay, who are they? You know, who are the ones that that you're thinking would vote no? And 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 why would they vote that way? We know who we have here. These are the presidents in the SEC. Okay. At State and Ole Miss, we know we got Mark Keenum at State. You have Glenn Boyce at Ole Miss. At Alabama, it's Stuart R. Bell. At Auburn, it's Jay Gouge. And I think he's like in his second stint because they brought him back in because the guy they did have didn't really work out too well and then sued him. You know? Arkansas, it's a guy named Donald Bobbitt. LSU president is Thomas Galligan. Texas A&M President Michael K. Young. Florida's president's name is Ken Fuchs. Tennessee is a woman named Dondi Plowman. And I hope I'm saying Dondi right, Plowman, but I know that's how it's spelled. Uh, Georgia's president is Jerry Moorhead. Vanderbilt, Nicholas Zeppos. Isn't Vanderbilt a private school? Yeah, mm-hmm, they are. Okay, so, so my question would be, what if what if it didn't really come down to what the governor, I mean, to what the presidents thought of yeah. those institutions, but more of what the governor, right? because it all falls under the institution of higher learning and whatever mm-hmm. other kind of committee there are in other states. Mm-hmm. 
So and, would the governor be the one making the call? Well, and some people believe that. Danny just commented with that on YouTube. And he said, what the governors want matters more than what the presidents or the ADs of the universities want, correct? You know, Coach Cheryl actually posted that on Facebook a few days ago. He said, y'all need to understand it's the governors of these states that are making these decisions. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> I need to make a new list. Then who are the governors in these states, all right? Because, you know, think about, well, let's just use a couple of examples. We know the statement that came from Tate Reeves here in the state of Mississippi two days ago. The first line in his statement goes all over social media. I think it was Tuesday afternoon. College football is essential. It was like seconds, within minutes or seconds after the news came out officially of the Big Ten canceling their season. Governor Tate Reeves, Mississippi, college football is essential. Okay. Um, look at Georgia. Georgia's full speed ahead going to play high school football. And oh, by the way, they've got an NFL team over there too. Is the governor of Georgia going to say, no, we need to vote against playing college football? No, he was one of the first ones that reopened the state. Right. Back in the early, uh, before uh, July 4th weekend. Right. So Georgia. Georgia's playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Georgia's playing Alabama. Alabama, full speed ahead. High school football on Friday nights. They're practicing. They don't have any pro teams, but they kind of do because they've got Alabama and Auburn. <laughs> By the way, did y'all realize that Auburn was a better football team than Alabama last year? Anybody realize that? I could prove it. Mm -hmm. and, and Alabama had a first-round quarterback, although he's banged up. But Auburn was a better football team than Alabama last year. I could prove it. If I were on radio in Alabama, uh, JB, that's all I'd have to say. And for three hours, boom. <laughs> the, the phone is, is like an atomic bomb. <laughs> Here we go. That's right. Um, Daniel on YouTube is telling me that Florida's president's last name is pronounced Fox. Is it? I mean, it's spelled F-U-C-H-S. I mean... You know, look, if, if, if you're going to spell it that way and it's pronounced like fox, like the little animal running around the yard, then more power to them. But it's not spelled that way. Yeah, so, I mean, Alabama's going to play. They, you know, If the governor's making a decision, you know how they're going to vote in Alabama. And that's two SEC schools in Alabama. We know how two SEC schools in Mississippi would vote. Louisiana. Okay? So just look at it. Again, hypothetically, if we're saying there's eventually going to be a vote where they have to vote to go forward or not, and if we're going to assume that the major decision makers in these SEC footprint states are the governors and the governments in those states and not necessarily just the presidents of the schools, then what SEC states are going to vote no to football? It ain't Tennessee. Everybody's going, well, Vanderbilt's president would vote against it. So what? They got Tennessee in the state of Mississippi. Who's their governor? They're voting to go unless there's some breakout disaster with this virus. So all of them, I mean, you can't, Florida, they're going to do it. South Carolina, they're all going to do it. 
So that, you know, there's just, again, where we are right now as of middle of the day on Thursday, August the 13th is between now and the end of September, if there's not some sort of major negative turn in the lifespan of this virus, like huge outbreaks on campuses, sending thousands of kids home and all that, if that doesn't happen, none of these states are going to have governors who push to not play. Therefore, the presidents of these schools and the ADs are going to play. I think that's what we're looking at. I've seen really smart people, media people primarily, getting on social media and saying, it's just a matter of time. I'm predicting that it's just a matter of time before these other leagues cancel also. I don't buy that. Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, they put a schedule out yesterday. We're still waiting on the SEC schedule, but uh, Bowlesby and those guys, they put a schedule out, and he did some interviews yesterday. He said, yeah, we're good. Day by day, things could change, but right now we're good to go. That's why we put a schedule out there. We're going to play. We're going to play football. Lots of questions about getting a champion. I saw this earlier, and I don't want to skip over it because it you know, could potentially be significant. Brian Fisher, this is an hour ago. Brian Fisher uh, covers college sports for CBS and Yahoo. And he tweeted, as of noon Eastern time today, all eight Division I NCAA fall championship sports have crossed the 50% cancellation mark, meaning there will be no NCAA championships this fall. The D1 Council decision next week is to either cancel outright or postpone to the spring. You know, it's misleading because as he, you know, he's saying fall championships, but is he saying fall sports? You know, football is a fall sport, but you don't have your championship until well on into the spring semester. <laughs> and it's a college football playoff. I, so I don't know that you know, he's referencing football or what. Dabo Swinney, Clemson, believes you can still do it even though the other conferences aren't playing and that it won't be watered down. It'll be a legit championship. I mean, it is what it is. You know, pick the four best teams and go play. And You know, we've been one of those four for five years in a row, so – in my opinion, doesn't change anything for us. You know, we're just trying to be the best Clemson we can be. And whoever you play every week, uh, you try to win that game and you try to keep moving forward. And you don't have any control over that stuff. So I, I don't, and I certainly don't judge uh, uh, them in any way. Everybody's got to make decisions that, that they feel is best. And they feel like that's what's best for them. And, and so be it. That's Dabo. Was he a staple gun in the background? It sounded like somebody. What are they doing? Putting up a screen porch? <laughs> They were social distancing. <laughs> Somebody's shooting him with a nail gun while he's trying to do an interview. That's cruel. That's what it sounded like. Whack! Whack! Maybe he was at practice and that was the sound of, uh, you know, hitting going on or somebody hitting the sled behind him. Let's hit the phone line. Taker, the, uh, oh, yeah. The lack of revenue. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, you got a caller, pal. All Here right, hit the phone line. It's Fletch on the Davini Equipment phone. What's up, Fletch? Hey, I think the sound you heard behind Dabo was the printing press printing out the money they owe him. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. 
Hey, I, I've got a little bit of a question and maybe a comment. So, if you said you said Coach Cheryl told you that the governors are making the decision, he put that on Facebook. Uh, you know, several days ago, he posted. I've you know we're friends on Facebook, and he posted. He said he said some people need to realize that it's not the presidents in the ADs that are making all these decisions. It's governors of these states that are going to decide whether they ought to be playing football or not. Yeah. And certainly, uh, he's the head man of the state, and those guys uh, essentially report to him. Mm. Um, they make more than him, and you could say in certain situations they have more power than him. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and what I'm curious is, is back when I was an athletic trainer, there was probably a written rule, uh, and certainly unwritten, is a coach could never overrule a physician or an athletic trainer as to whether a player could play. Right. Uh, so if we said no go, the coach has no comment. Mm -hmm. If we say he's physically able to play and the coach said let's rest him, then so be it. Mm -hmm. And so what Coach Cheryl may be saying is, and, and I think for obvious political reasons, Tate Reeves and whomever else would say, yes, let him play. Because if he said otherwise, he may be shipped out sooner versus later. Uh -huh. And so if, if he says, let him play, and for whatever reason, Boyce or Keith Carter or, or Kiffin, for an Ole Miss example, says, we can't do this, then the heat's off the governor, and they may have to respect that, that medical hopefully based decision mm -hmm. so yeah. the governor may be thumbs up or thumbs down but if it was a thumbs up i think the school still could have an individual autonomy um it, it's interesting you say that i was reading here and i pulled it back up what bowlsby the uh commissioner of the big 12 you know he's doing an interview yesterday they put their schedule out they're going to go forward with football but then they got into the whole medical part of it fletch and uh, there was a quote in there he said well the biggest argument for playing is that nobody has told us that it's poorly advised to go forward and do what we're doing. If we get to the place where our doctors and scientists say, you know what, you guys got two wheels off the tracks and you're headed for a train wreck, we will pivot that day. That's a quote from the Big 12 commissioner on the same day that they said we're going to go forward and here's our schedule. You know, so I think you're 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 right in that the thing that could be the fly in anybody's um, let's have a season ointment is if the doctor says, hey, hey, can't do it. And right now they're going on doctor's advice that tells them that they can do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and the doctors would probably be tight-lipped until mm -hmm. absolutely necessary to say it. I, and with the with the Duke physician the other day saying something in support yeah. of playing, uh, I, I think they're going to just say we're going forward. Because you could always cut it off the day before, the week before, whatever, rather than shut it down six, eight weeks early. Um, and Matt, since JB uh, um, referenced uh, uh, Jake and pronunciation mm. uh, last time I called, congratulations on not only uh, uh, using double entendre, but saying it correctly. <laughs> I got a feeling uh, use and uh, enunciation from Jacob would be a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I could spell it. But I can say it, and, and I kind of know what it means. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if I can spell it or not. Appreciate it, Fletch. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Good old Jake. 
Look, I, I, um, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I do agree that it's going to be a medical decision ultimately, one way or the other, and they're going to, they're going to go on that. But I keep looking at it, and I keep in just the the my pragmatic brain looks at it and goes, you can't prove in any way that they are in more danger in the team facility and on the field and in that environment where they're taken care of there, you can't prove that they're in more danger there than they are anywhere else. And you really can't prove where somebody got it. Can you? I mean, we can't. I mean, unless somebody has been in a bubble for two solid weeks and they get it, they didn't have it. Now they have it. It means they got it in there, (laughs) but otherwise, You can't prove it. Matt on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's it going? Just right. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, quick question. Have you, any of you guys heard of any of the process or what they're going to do if any of the teams do test positive for Corona? Um, Any kind of uh, procedures that you've heard of? I haven't seen anything online. I I know there's been some college football teams that have uh, such as Louisiana Tech but um, just curious what your guys thoughts yeah, on that is. I, I haven't seen I mean I'm just under the assumption that it's like okay for instance in the state of Mississippi Matt didn't the chief medical guy for the governor last week put this thing out there that says this is a state mandate if you test positive if you have this virus you must isolate for was it 14 days and so if that's a state thing then if that's then if it's state or Ole Miss and the the state government says you got to isolate for 14 days then if that kid gets it he's got to isolate for 14 days now you know the conventional thought here it's like all these high school students who are at home and they are being quarantined but they don't have the virus it's just their quarantine because they were in a classroom with somebody who did have it or did test positive. Do they also have to quarantine for 14 days? That I don't know. But I, that, but other than that, I don't even have an answer because I don't really know. All right. Uh, I'm just curious whether or not they had like a 14 days. They put them in a, in a, a quarantine room where they don't yeah. really do anything to them, just kind of isolate them or – or they just send them home or for quarantine or just, just curious. But you sound like you like me. You don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I, I guess I should, but I'll tell you this much, you know, when I was 19, 20 years old, I don't care what it is, you know, just, just, tr- you know, put me out to pasture somewhere. I'll just go live out in the woods for 14 days and deal with that better than being locked in some room somewhere and can't leave. That would be awful. Right. That'd be awful. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I appreciate the call. Let me call in yeah. and uh, go Eagles. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Matt. Thank you. Call me anytime. Southern Miss versus South Alabama, Thursday night, September 3rd, until further notice. By the way, uh, Troy scheduled a, a ball game at BYU 
for Saturday, September the 26th in Provo, Utah. They did a home-and-home. BYU is going to come back to Troy, Alabama in 2026. And they they got that out before the SEC schedule came out, Yeah, which amazes me looking at the Big 12 schedule when they released it yesterday morning. It didn't take them very long, did it? Boy, it didn't take them long. Uh-uh. No. What's, what's happening with the folks over in Birmingham with schedule-wise? They're, they're waiting on purpose. You think? Absolutely. I think you throw it out there. Get the schedule out there. Let people know you're serious about it. And then if you cancel, you cancel. But at least you did, you know, your mm-hmm. jurisprudence and got the got the schedule together. And I, that's I mean, whether we agree with it or not, I'm convinced because there's no way that they're just they can't figure it out. They're the SEC. They can figure it out. They, whatever their delay is, whatever their reasoning is, I believe it's intentional, you know, and we can disagree with it all we want to. That's what I I believe. Brian on the uh, country pleasing text line says, Hey Matt, any news about Sam Williams at Ole Miss got in trouble? What's he charged with? Was it, was it like sexual battery or something like that at Ole Miss? Um, No update on it. They've got to let it play out. And the last we heard was they just, he's removed and cut off from any, team involvement any team activities until this whole thing plays out for him bulldog blitz thinks 13 of the 14 ms uh, sec schools would vote to go forward with football missouri would vote not to go forward he thinks because they're liberal that's according to bulldog blitz and jackson mailman said has a good point we're talking about the governor and the alabama and the president of the school jackson says face it Alabama's president is Nick Saban until he leaves. I, he's the decision maker. He is absolutely the decision maker. All right, next, we're going to flash back to a classic game. And I'm going to tell you why it's underrated and people need to appreciate it a little more. Next, right here on the show. Stick around. Phyllis on the YouTube live stream right now says, I believe Mississippi State has arrangements to quarantine dorm students testing positive. I would think that would extend to the football team. So you quarantine them. And I guess that's what? Quarantine is 14 days? Becky sent me a long deal here on the Facebook live stream. It looks like it's uh, you know from Mississippi State. For instance, MSU guidelines for students for on-campus quarantine. If the residential student cannot return home, the following procedures. Student be permitted to return briefly to residence hall or fraternity housing to pick up personal items while wearing protective gear. They will then immediately check into a quarantine facility. Student will be allowed to drive to and park at quarantine facility. If student doesn't have a vehicle, transportation will be provided. Take them to the quarantine facility. A representative from Student Affairs will greet them upon arrival, ensure they have everything they need. Uh, students in isolation will be provided with extensive instruction regarding, let's see, on-call. MSU Dining will provide meals. Food conditionally be delivered. The Student Health Center provide on-call response to people in isolation. But I don't see anything in terms of length. If there are concerns regarding the roommate of a student waiting on test results, 
MSU will provide accommodations. The cost will be $70 per night per student. This is the amount MSU is being charged by its quarantine facilities. With meals, if the student body, if the student has a meal plan, MSU will use his or her block meals for meals MSU dining delivers. But I still don't see anything just in, in terms of the length of time. I guess it's 14 days until I see yeah. otherwise. The uh, the wedding that I officiated this past weekend, one of the groomsmen was a baseball coach at uh, at Mississippi College, and I was asking him about how they're handling students coming in, and they're being tested in the Coliseum. Yeah. And if they test positive, um, they have two choices, very similar to what, what MSU's is, in that uh, they can either go home or they can go to a quarantine room, and they stay there for 14 days, and they do all their classes online. Online. Will, who's watching on YouTube, says state booked two hotels in Starkville to serve as quarantine facilities for on-campus housed students. Okay, got it. And I guess obviously it's different if you're an off-campus deal. You're off-campus, just stay there. Okay, got it. Anthony from Tupelo, Country Please and Text Line, says Vandy wouldn't be voted on by the governor because it's a private school. Missouri a private school? I don't know about that. I don't know about Missouri. I, I, I don't think so. No, Missouri's a land-grant institution. Yeah, of University of Missouri. Somebody gets an unnamed text. Man, I'm happy as all get out. Out here in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, my company has opened up the bandwidth a little more so we can listen to internet radio, love the show, hail state, and play ball. Whoever you are, high five to you and your company for opening up the bandwidth. Uh, Jason says just do a BCS type of thing for the championship. Yeah, get two teams on a you know a algorithm, a formula. Sure, it'll be fine. We'll take what we can get now. No complaints. Patrick says if the governors make the call on whether to play or not, how come the high schools in majority of the Big Ten states are a go for the fall? Says I think someone misinformed coach. The real Eric. Says, Matt, really, why can't he accept he's now taking a back seat? Who are you talking about, Eric? Kelsey? Kelsey and the Chiefs have a deal. Here's why. Thanks to my man, JB, who forwarded me Jeremy Fowler's tweet from ESPN. The money's not finalized, but they're expecting to come in just under Kittle's $15 million a year for Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs. But listen, Eric. Kelsey is in a different situation. He turns 31 in October. He's older. Third contract. Keeping the band together in Kansas City is a factor. Let me ask you this, Eric. Would anybody in their right mind take a little less money to catch passes from Patrick Mahomes versus a little more money to catch them from Jimmy G? You and I and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle know the answer to that whether they'll say it or not Flowtown Ghost says do they play rival game first to get it in in case the year is canceled I hope they do I don't think they are but I hope they do Pat we already played a little Sonic Boom earlier yeah we did but I'll give you a little college football in your speakers right now because that's what I want to talk about with you right now ha <laughs> Hey, Andrew has a good point. He says, Jimmy Garoppolo throws? <laughs> He's not that bad. We're just picking on him. 
All right, flashback. We're going to do this every now and then. Flashback with you. College football flashback. To the Southeastern Conference on CBS 2014. Let's go back to 2014, shall we? If you remember, on October the 25th, 2014, earlier that week, in late October, Mississippi State had been named the number one team in the country in the first ever college football playoff rankings. State had been ranked number one. And their first task was to go on the road to Kentucky. Now, Kentucky was unranked, but they weren't bad, were they? They were not bad. But they were unranked. They were a five-win team at that point. I think five and two going into that ball game, late October. It was packed out. Here comes Vern and Gary and the CBS crew to highlight the number one team playing at Kentucky. State was ripe for an upset. Would you say that? Would you say they were ripe for an upset? State went out there and won that ball game. We all know that. We go back to that. They won that ball game. How important was it for that state team and for the program and for everything that you've experienced since then? How important was it to win that game after being ranked number one? It was very, very, very important. Dak Prescott had some highlight plays, and all the world was talking about Dak Prescott, and rightfully so. But if you'll remember, it was actually Josh Robinson who had two key plays in that game that you may have forgotten about. Now, one was a third-quarter run where he broke seven tackles. Now, he had yardage. They should spot this. Oh, no, he's still up. Oh, my gracious. Where progress was called and say, let's not get the guy hurt. But he keeps running. And two or three times, you think the play's over. I think he broke six or seven tackles on that play. Begin One, with this run. two, three, four, five, six. six. Seven. <laughs> they were watching the replay, and Gary Danielson was counting the missed tackles. Okay, that was third quarter. But y'all listen. You remember State goes, they beat Kentucky, they remain number one. That ball game was 31-24 to going into the fourth quarter. It was a seven-point high-scoring game. State couldn't stop them. State wasn't playing great. Okay, a seven-point game on the road going in the fourth quarter, number one team, right for the upset. One-score game going to the fourth quarter. State has a drive going. Or, or they get the ball to start their drive there in the fourth quarter. They ran three plays. And right at the start of the fourth quarter, on the third play, it was third and one. Way back on their own end of the field. And they gave the ball to Josh Robinson on third and one. They give it to Robinson. He breaks that tackle. Foot race at the 30. How about the cutback? Josh Robinson angles for the touchdown. 
73-yard touchdown run for Josh Robinson. If you want to see that play, I put it on my Twitter feed. I was watching that game on YouTube the other day. I was uh, working out in the morning, and I thought, i got to bring this up. And it led to this idea. We need to go back every day and kind of relive some classic games. But here's the thing. When you think for State about the 2014 season, what do you think about, Dak? You think about the Auburn game. You think about the LSU game. You think about A&M. But nobody remembers very well the plays that Josh Robinson made in a game where they had just been ranked number one, where the entire world going into the fourth quarter thought, State's fixing to get beat. On the road, they're only up 31-24. Their defense can't stop Kentucky. By the way, State goes up 38-24 because of that 73-yard run by Josh Robinson. They needed it. Patrick Tolles led Kentucky right back down the field, made it 38-31. Later, we know, onside kick recovered by Christian Holmes, runs it in. It made it 45-31, but the game was back and forth within a touchdown two, three different times in the second half. And if Robinson doesn't make some of those runs, they lose the ball game. Huge moment in that season and in his career, really. Um, and then for that team. Go back and watch that game. That was a heck of a ball game back and forth. But Josh Robinson was unbelievable in that particular moment. That run, that 73-yard run, Robinson had 23 carries for 198 yards rushing on the road. And that was a defensive front that had two high NFL draft picks, Zadarius Smith and Bud Dupree, both still playing in the NFL. What do you think? Let me know. We'll do 100 teams coming up next. Stick around. You know, and uh, speaking of breaking down quarterback play, it's that time, and I need to come up with some ideas. And so if y'all are listening, I'll take them. Y'all uh, text them to me, um, tweet them to me, film study stuff, so in video content that we can do, whether it's looking at quarterbacks, comparing players, looking at offenses, that kind of thing. You know, I generally will come up with ideas, but I can certainly use some help in what it is that you're interested in. You know, and even though we haven't had spring practice, we don't have spring games to look at, and we do have a little practice going on. So if you got an idea for me for a football film study type of video, then just hit me up and let me know. Send it to me. All right, uh, real quick, before we jump into the countdown of 100 teams, brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. Let's head over here to the phone. Let's hit the phone. The Divinity Equipment phone line, Jason and Flagstaff hanging on. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. I had two things, and now i got three. Um, okay. The uh, quarterback thing, uh, before I forget, is there's uh, one thing I'd like to do is see somebody, when they break down the stats, yeah. um, they need to include interceptions that are not the quarterback's fault. Hmm. Yeah. Like uh, like the one last year with Jones doing the Iron Bowl where the receiver didn't turn around. Yes. And the ball landed on the dude's back, and then the Auburn player took it back for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, and that's all everybody could talk about. Well, he threw that pick six, but, but he, he played a good game. No, he didn't throw a pick six. The guy didn't turn around. Yeah, or the you know, another perfect. one is like Hail Marys. You know, Hail Mary, yeah. Hail Mary interceptions before a half or – 
at the end of a ball game. I think, you know, those need an asterisk also. That's a good point. You know, the second thing was talking about the 14 season. The most up or down I ever was that season was that Arkansas game. Mm, yeah. Where they were whipping us most of that game and they had it. They, they were going to beat us and because they were about to sack Dak and he let a pass loose. And I can't remember who it was, but it went 60 or 70 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> That's and right. It, just, it was Fred Ross. Was, Mm-hmm. You know, for two years in a, for two years in a row, Fred Ross was the hog killer. I mean, he had huge yep. game changing plays two years in a row against uh, Arkansas. But you're right, that particular game. What was it? It was like seventeen to ten. I think it was the final. It was a struggle the whole way. I don't remember, but I remember the uh, state had to intercept them at at the very end yeah. to hold on. <laughs> it yeah. was closer than I wanted it to be because they had hey, a good team. Think about this on that 14 team also. In the first half of that season, that Mississippi State defense, uh-huh. that defense at State, while they yeah. were on their way to number one, gave up 34 points to UAB, 29 yeah. to LSU, 31 uh-huh. to Texas A&M, 23 to Auburn, 31 to Kentucky. Uh-huh. And then... In the second half of the year, they flipped it until they got to the Egg Bowl, but they flipped it in the second half of the year. That defense gave up 10 to Arkansas, 16 to UT Martin, 25 to Alabama, none to Vandy, but then got run against Ole Miss, gave up 31 points uh, in the Egg Bowl that year. The defense was up and down that year. Uh Sure was. Yeah. Sure was. If you don't mind, I had one more thing. I did this real quick. Okay. People kept calling or texting in, talking about it being a liberal or conservative thing. Um, I cannot speak for the Big Ten. I do. I don't have the first clue what they're doing. It makes no sense to me. But here's what's going on in the Pac-12 because this is where I'm living at right now. Uh-huh. Between California and Arizona and Seattle, I added them in there. There are, and these. This is right around six or seven Pac-12 schools, like right around their campuses. There are 800,000 cases of this crap and over 16,000 deaths. Hmm. This is just around the campuses. So you you, you can't play games there. Yeah. Um, can you get those kids out of there safely? I mean, maybe, but look, if you're Utah, do you even want to try to risk that? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It, and Arizona is just as red as Mississippi is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not all about that out here. It's it's a real fight here. Yeah, different scenario. Well, well not here, here where I'm at, but yeah, but in where that those state, schools yeah. are. Anyway, yeah. I'll talk to y'all later. Thanks, Have Jason. Your... Yeah, appreciate you calling. Thank you. That is that's a lot. You got sixteen thousand deaths that are in areas around the campuses. It's a different deal. It definitely, you know, could be. And he's right. Arizona just as red as Mississippi is, or at least has been historically. 100 teams. Let's do it. It's the final 100 teams. 100 days. The countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155.
Yeah, Matt Anderson with National Land Realty. He can help you buy or sell that piece of property, whether it's you know timberland, recreational, all that, lakefront. Hit him up. He's got the 360-degree interactive drone touring. You can see the property before you ever set foot on it. It's really cool. Call Matt. Matt Anderson, 601 number, 408-5155. 601-408-5155. Today we're backtracking because something different about this team. It's an SEC team. We talked about them a long time ago, but today's team is Vanderbilt. Look, here's the thing. Uh, Vandy was actually the first team we even talked about on this thing. Way back in, what was it, May? I think we started this thing in May. Anyway, long time ago. Well, we know that a lot has changed. One thing that has changed, though, is now they're not only on Ole Miss's schedule. They're on state schedule, too. We just don't know what the date is. So I want to go back and hit them a little harder, make sure we know what we need to know A few of the high points about the Vanderbilt Commodores. So, make sure, State fans, Ole Miss fans, everybody, make sure that we remember these things about this Vanderbilt team. You know, we could get into the wins and losses, that kind of thing. They were 3-9 and last year. This year's team returns all 11 starters on the defensive side of the ball for Vanderbilt. And you go, eh, well, is it good to return everybody off of a team that could only win three games last year? Well, experience accounts for something, okay? And two years ago, that was a bowl team. It was a six-win team two years ago. They just fell off last year. But defensively, 11 starters on a team that gave up 30 to Georgia, 42 to Purdue, 66 to LSU. They gave up 18 to Northern Illinois, gave up 31 to Ole Miss, 34 to UNLV. Beat Missouri in an upset, gave up 14 points. Gave up 24 to South Carolina, 56 to Florida, 38 to Kentucky. They shut out East Tennessee and then gave up 28 points to Tennessee. So 11 starters back on a defense, but they did. They couldn't stop anything or anybody really last year outside of that upset of Missouri after they had ranked Missouri number 22 in the country and Vanderbilt got them. Five starters back on offense. They're going to have a new quarterback. We don't really know. It always seems like it's constant turnover. Uh, at Vanderbilt. They went to bowl games two out of the last four years. What about this year? What about this year? They lose their leading rusher off last year's team in uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. He was a 1,000-yard rusher with nine touchdowns. He's gone. Starting over at quarterback, their leading receiver off last year's team, uh, Kalia Lipscomb, graduates. So it's largely new personnel on offense. And it is largely all the exact same personnel on defense. Derek Mason, head coach, is 10-38 and 38 in SEC play at Vandy. And everybody picks him in the bottom every year. But like I say, I know four of his six years, they've been to two bowls. Four of the six years, they didn't finish last. Last year... One in seven in the SEC. Didn't have a lot of experience. They're up there a little bit more on experience. 11 starters back on defense this year. Be hard for them to get back to the days of James Franklin. 
Yeah. No, it definitely I mean, that, is. That guy was a – he amazed me with, with what he did at Vanderbilt. I don't know even how more, he did Even it. more so than what he's doing right now at Penn State because, you know, mm-hmm. they're not slouches at Penn State. But, man, what he did there at, at uh, in Nashville with the Commodores was, was pretty special. No doubt. Well, and, you know, the way he recruited, we just had never seen it before. He was lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle for sure. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a heck of a football coach. Um, just knows what he's doing. And he's proving that at Penn State. He's up there. If if you were to, if people were to ask, you know, who's the all-time leading passer at Vanderbilt, everybody's going to say Jake Cutler. Believe it or not, the guy who just who led him to that bowl 2 years ago, the NFL coach's son Kyle Shermer actually threw for more yards in his Vanderbilt career, 2015, 16, 17, 18, than Jay Cutler. Kyle Shermer is now the number one career passing leader Vanderbilt history. 8,800 yards. Jay Cutler had 8,600. How about that? So there's a look at Vanderbilt, your countdown, presented by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty Hour 3 coming up. What about Dak and the Cowboys? Did y'all hear all that? I'll let you hear it. Coming up. Stick around.